Sanjaya continues and tells Sitrashtra, Krishna is now beginning to say something to Arjuna, who appears to be drowned in sorrow. Krishna says, Arjuna, how come you have suddenly become so remorseful at this very last minute? You can't quit now. It is too late for that. You have got to cast aside your doubts and misgivings. Get up and enter into battle. Arjuna asks, Krishna, how is that possible? Bhishma over there is my grandfather. Are you asking me to shoot arrows at my own grandfather who has showered so much love on me? And over there is my Guru Dronacharya. How can one kill one's own Guru? Can there be a greater sin? Frankly, Krishna, I cannot see any great purpose in this war. I am very confused at present. To fight or not to fight? That is my question. Krishna, I seek refuge in you. Totally surrendering to you, I pray to you for your guidance. With a broad smile on his face, Krishna replies, Arjuna, you are acting like a perfect fool. You are mourning about the death of your relatives, etc., even before they have died. Do you know anything about life, death, and what happens after death? You obviously do not, for if you did, you would not be chickening out like you are trying to do now. Let me drive some hard facts into your thick skull. Arjuna, your big problem is that like everyone else, you think you are the body. You are also used to seeing bodies being born and die. Since all these images have got stuck in your mind, you are now worrying about death. Now listen to this carefully. Neither you nor I are the body, though we both possess them. I wear my body like a dress, and so do you. Now who is this I that is wearing the body? It is the Atma, Arjuna. It is the Atma. By the way, there is no such thing as my Atma, your Atma, and so on. It is the same Atma that is present everywhere, wearing many dresses. There is only one Atma, period. Are you wondering how this is possible? Maybe an example would make things a bit clearer. Just look up in the sky during the daytime. You will see some clouds here and there, an empty sky in between. Everywhere, including in the spaces between clouds, there is water vapor. In some places, this water vapor shows itself up as clouds. Elsewhere, it is not visible, but it is present all the same. Notice two other points. Firstly, the clouds keep on changing their shapes. And secondly, no two clouds are alike. The same sort of thing happens in the world. The Atma pervades the entire world. Indeed, the entire universe. Here and there, it manifests via the dresses called bodies, not only of humans, 
but also animals, insects, etc. Thus, all living beings are the embodiments of the one universal Atma. Recall what I told you about clouds changing their shapes with time? The same sort of thing happens to a living being or the embodied Atma. The being passes through various stages such as childhood, youth, middle age and old age. When the body becomes old, the Atma just casts off the body and wears a new dress. That is, it acquires another new body. Arjuna, I am telling you all this because you started feeling sad about death. There is no need to because death is just a change of dress. That is all. Your problem is that like all humans, you are totally focused on the body. You think you are the body. Tell me, is that dress you are wearing Arjuna? No, it is just your dress. You are not the dress, but different from the dress. In the same way, neither you nor I, or for that matter anyone else, is the body. The Atma is our real nature. Death makes people sad because they foolishly identify themselves with the body and become upset when it is gone or about to go. Arjuna, just think. You are a warrior and you have fought battles before. I am sure you have on occasions slain people in those battles. But all the killing earlier does not seem to have bothered you at all. Yet today, you are feeling miserable even before you have taken the bow in your hand. Why, Arjuna, why? Well, you wouldn't know the answer and so let me tell you. Arjuna, you are feeling miserable today because the people likely to die in this war are yours. It is this feeling of mine that is really troubling and not death per se. After all, you have slain adversaries before. Arjuna, this feeling of mine comes because of body consciousness or body attachment. And such an attitude automatically arises when a person thinks he is the body. But I remind you once again, you are not the perishable body, but the internal Atma. This Atma is indescribably beautiful and wondrous. It is eternal and beyond both space and time. It is neither born nor does it die. Do you understand that, Arjuna? Drona and Bhishma are all the Atma, just like you and I are. So how can they die? It is their bodies that would get destroyed, like a dress getting worn out. Why feel miserable about something trivial like that? One day or the other, the old dress has to be thrown away. Arjuna, thanks to this process of casting off bodies, one after another, there is a practically endless cycle of birth and death for the body. But you must not focus on the superficial aspect. If you focused just on the body, you will see growth, decay and death. Those changes do not apply to the Atma. Those changes do not apply to you. 
but only to your body. Focus therefore on the Atma and not on the body. This Atma that I am now talking about cannot be cut. Fire cannot burn it, nor water wet it. It is everlasting and all-pervading. In a human being, the Atma shines as the consciousness and as the resident of your heart. By the way, when I refer to the heart, I mean your spiritual heart and not the physical heart. This divine resident is also sometimes called the indweller or simply as God. Since God is installed within you, you don't have to look for him all over the place. Just look inside, in your heart. Let me now come down from these sublime heights to something practical. You must be wondering what exactly you are since you have a body and I am here telling you that you are the Atma. The answer is simply this. You are in fact the Atma, but wearing right now a dress called the body. The Atma with a body is sometimes referred to as the Jivatma or an embodiment of the Atma. Jiva means life or a living object. So Jivatma means Atma within a cocoon called the body. To put it differently, Jivatma is the Atma wearing the dress of the body and the mind. The Jivatma is thus like an actor wearing a particular dress. All are actors in the stage called the world and all are, without being actually aware of this fact, playing different roles in the cosmic drama, scripted, directed and produced by God. As you know Arjuna, in a play, all actors must speak their lines properly. In the drama of life, speaking proper dialogue means following one's natural dharma. This thing that I have referred to as natural dharma is also called swadharma or atma dharma. It simply means the dharma of the universal self resident within or if you prefer the atma within. In simple terms Arjuna, you must always act in conformity with atma dharma. That is what speaking the correct lines really means. Are you lost? Are you confused? Don't worry. I shall make it simple for you. Following Atma Dharma simply means following the path of righteousness in a perfectly selfless manner. Consider what you are trying to do right now. A war is about to start between the forces of Dharma and Adharma. And you are supposed to be on the side of Dharma. And what are you trying to do? Drop out at the very last minute, giving all sorts of silly reasons. Arjuna, do not forget that destiny has made you take birth as a warrior. That is no accident. You must therefore go through life as a warrior, doing your duty in conformity with Atma Dharma. What exactly does that mean? In the present instance, as a soldier, it is your duty to fight for dharma and against a dharma. But you want to wriggle out of that duty 
giving all sorts of excuses. Is that correct? Consider, in a drama, can an actor suddenly say, I don't like this part and start playing another? Let us examine your problem a bit deeper. You say that Bhishma is your grandfather. That is true. But don't forget that the relationship is purely one of the body. Next, even though Bhishma is your grandfather, he has lined up with the forces of evil. In fact, he is the commander-in-chief of the wicked Kauravas. Now tell me, what should be your duty? Can you walk away claiming that Bhishma is your grandpa? Or should you stand with the forces of evil and defeat them in battle? The answer is clear, is it not? Arjuna, in life, duty must always be performed without any trace whatsoever of attachment or selfishness. In practical terms, you must discharge your duty without a being bothered about the outcome and b expecting a reward. That really is what Atma Dharma is all about. Only a selfish person would worry about success, rewards, etc. That attitude is not correct. Duty for duty's sake is the proper attitude. Arjuna, there are two words that people often use, rights and responsibility. In the olden days, people always worried about responsibility and duty. But these days, people mostly talk about their rights. They constantly say, I have a right to do this, I have a right to that, and so on. Let me make one thing very clear. Man has a right only to duty and nothing else. Krishna answers, that is because people easily get deluded by the senses and the mind. These two in unholy collusion prevent a person from looking deep within himself and commuting with the heart. Once a person gets cut off from the indweller, his outlook and vision become purely external. The outside world is full of what is called the pair of opposites, like joy and sorrow, pleasure and pain, success and failure, and so on. A person immersed in the external world is easily overwhelmed by six terrible enemies that are deadlier than the deadliest serpents. These enemies are karma, meaning desires, krodha, meaning anger, lobha, meaning greed, moha, meaning attachment, mother, meaning pride, and matsarya, meaning jealousy. To these, you may add two more, namely, ahamkara, meaning ego, and mamakara, meaning the mind feeling. Arjuna, take it from me. Unless you keep out these enemies and have full control of yourself, you cannot fight your external enemies, as you have to do shortly. Do you want to know why these internal enemies have to be vanquished first? Simple. 
you would agree that when you have to deal with a crisis you have to remain cool wouldn't you now what exactly does remaining cool mean it means that you should not be disturbed or bothered by what is happening around you it is only when you are cool that you can think clearly and unless you can think clearly you cannot really handle a crisis properly agree a good leader must not lose his cool this characteristic does not come easily unless one makes a conscious effort to practice detachment one who is detached is automatically unaffected by success and failure joy and sorrow pleasure and pain there is one word that describes such an attitude equanimity arjuna equanimity is necessary not only for a so called leader but for everyone in a family the father is a leader so equanimity is needed for the father what about the children they had better start copying their father and learn to get into that groove from an early age above all equanimity it is that helps the seeker to rise above the world rise above the pairs of opposites and go towards god in life you don't see much of equanimity why because the internal enemies make sure that you are not strong enough to practice equanimity that is why take your own case you want to run away from duty why because of attachment arjuna the feeling of mine and thine is one of the many weaknesses that one must overcome never forget that perfection in duty is possible only when there is equanimity and duty performed with perfection would please god very much you too would feel very happy about having pleased god this kind of happiness is unique and it is called bliss arjuna what people normally call pleasure joy happiness etc are all connected with experiences of the sense organs and the mind this joy can never be re-experienced through recall such happiness is always transient by contrast the happiness that you get by pleasing god is an experience of the heart it goes beyond the senses and the mind that is why the joy of this experience can be recalled and relived any number of times every time you recall you will experience bliss in all its freshness equanimity does not come easily and requires a lot of practice in regulating the senses and the mind it may not be easy but with determination it can be achieved patience and perseverance alone lead to purity arjuna you must be brave and courageous not only in the worldly sense but also in a spiritual sense a spiritually brave man is one who is ready to give up even his life for being true to his conscience he is not afraid of anything or anybody 
including death. Internal enemies that I mentioned earlier shudder to come near such a man. What I mean is that you must be strong and courageous inside before starting to fight battles outside. If the internal enemies gain the upper hand and begin to dominate you, then there will be nothing but pure disaster. Take anger for example. Anger can blind reason. You may be the smartest man on earth, but when blind fury gets hold of you, you can become dumber than the greatest fool. Fury blunts discrimination and when that happens, judgment falters badly. Next step, total ruin. This has happened time and again, innumerable number of times. But people don't want to learn from the bitter experience of others. Don't you make that mistake. To put it all briefly, follow your conscience, for your conscience is your true master. Then you can easily face the devil, fight him and finish him off. A person who is not cool will not be at peace. Peace is inside and not outside. A person who feels peace inside will experience bliss and a person in a blissful state would radiate peace in his neighborhood. That is how peace can be brought on earth. Someone must get the ball rolling. It is like lighting many candles with one candle. A flower is beautiful but it also radiates fragrance. In the same way, Shanti is inside, but it spreads outside like the fragrance of the flower. It becomes Prashanti. Arjuna, what I am telling you now is not merely practical advice related to fighting this battle ahead of you. It has a deep inner significance because it is related to fighting life's battles. A man who has vanquished internal enemies becomes a pure and elevated being. And when such a person finally leaves his body, he merges once and forever with God. No more rebirths for him because he is merged in God and is ever in a blissful state. Remember, true happiness is total union with God.